What's the crack? I'm Brona. And I'm Ava. We enjoy listening to people tell their stories. And hearing their different perspectives. Which is why we started this podcast. In today's episode, we speak with Adeline Berry, an intersex and transgender researcher, writer, artist and activist. They are also a board member of Intersex Ireland and the author of How Sex Workers Understand Their Experiences of Working in the Republic of Ireland. We spoke with Adeline about what it means to be an intersex person, what life was like growing up the wrong gender and the challenges they faced along the way trying to finally get back to who they really are. So Adeline, would you be able to give a short introduction to our listeners? Sure. I'm an intersex and trans person. I was born in the UK, grew up in Ireland, moved to the US, moved back to Ireland. Now I'm here. I like to draw and I love my family and that's about it. I'm pretty boring. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're not at all. You're very interesting. Um, So what does it mean to be an intersex person from your own experience? Well, intersex is a series of natural bodily variations that don't fit into strict medical binary definitions of male and female. Intersex people make up to as much as 1.7% of the population. So to put in perspective, people with red hair like you make up about 2% of the population or people with green eyes. So almost as many, essentially the entire population of Russia. Basically, because we live in a binary society, intersex bodies have always presented a bit of a quandary for medical professionals and for the law and for everybody else. So uh, surgery has been performed and continues to be performed on our bodies to shoehorn us into one of two genders. We have surgery performed on us in youth. We're subjected to hormonal treatments to sort of concrete the decisions attached to those surgeries. And then there's basically no follow-up afterwards. And because a lot of intersex people have their medical histories hidden from them, it's hard to get the information on yourself. There's a lot of intersex people will find out about their own medical history by coming across themselves in a medical book or a medical article. Basically, a whole bunch of people that don't fit in to strict medical definitions of male and female which has changed down through the centuries. There's been a lot of kicking back and forth on how to define what makes a man, what it means to be a woman, and it's been determined by doctors, also to prevent homosexuality. Surgery has been performed on intersex bodies as far back as the 1700s. Content warning. Um, You're familiar with FGM, right? Female genital mutilation? No. Unfortunately, we don't know a lot about this topic really at Mm. all. We'd only really be familiar with like trans and non-binary. We actually, prior to this, hadn't really heard of intersex before either. Well, Ireland has laws in place. And if you go to the HSE website, there's a page on female genital mutilation, which is basically the surgical removal of the clitoris and reduction of a girl's private area for cultural reasons. So that's banned in Ireland and for good reason. There's no medical need for it and it's terribly traumatic. But Ireland continues to perform exactly the same surgeries on intersex people. They just don't have it. When you go to the HSE website, there's nothing on the page about intersex. You know, there's also nothing about trans people if you look on the page. I mean, even during the Trump years on the CDC website, you could read information about intersex people. In Ireland, while we have rainbow postage stamps, we've got nothing on intersex, nothing on trans. As I'm sure you know, there's essentially no medical care for trans people. Yeah. No, we have heard that in fairness. Yeah, I returned to college basically over being denied care because I'm intersex and because I'm trans. 
there's a lot of us out there um, with the dawn of the internet intersex people started finding each other and started speaking up about the way we've been treated because a lot of us have been assigned the wrong gender at birth which doctors will increasingly admit but when you get it wrong you're subjecting the intersex person to all of the violence and discrimination potentially that trans people endure daily so while intersex and transgender describe two different things, there is a considerable overlap. So when you were born, you were assigned a male gender. And uh, when you were, is, is that right? Yeah. I mean, honestly, first, before they do that, if you're an intersex baby, they decide you're intersex. And then okay. from there, they pick a gender, really. So basically, the way it currently works is they will take a baby's phallus and stretch it out. I think if it's 2.5 centimeters, they'll go, well, you can stay a boy. If they decide it isn't big enough, they will actually decide that that person there is going to be a girl and they will remove their internal testes. And then that person will grow up, sign a girl basically on the size of their junk as a baby, which doesn't make a lot of sense, but it's how doctors like to roll. You know, they project yeah. themselves mm. on the baby and their lives on the parents, you know? Yeah. And then when you were growing up, did you feel like you were growing up the wrong gender? Oh, I knew I was. The reason I knew is because everyone else knew. So basically all of my decisions I got into trouble for. I got into trouble for asking for the wrong thing for Santa, for picking. I mean, okay, in drum stores growing up all around you, there was Irish moms battering their kids. But in my case, I was being battered for picking out a skirt. I thought it was cute or something like that, or asking for the wrong toys from Santa. But basically everything got me in trouble, how I walked, everything, all of my taste and anything. I had pretty stereotypically feminine tastes. While I'm aware that's not what make somebody male or female because I identify as intersex. That's the gender I was born. I mean, for example, I'm married to a cisgender woman who doesn't have necessarily typically physical interests, but I did growing up and I knew that they weren't okay because I would get beaten for them. So you learned that if you were to make a decision, you choose the opposite of whatever you want. Then you get beaten for not playing with the stupid thing you didn't want, you know. So yeah, I always knew. I mean, as a little kid, most of my early surviving drawings were Catholicism related. And I carried a Bible with me everywhere. I prayed morning and night for God to fix the mistake. And then at the age of seven, I was just, all right, this is bullshit. I was put on hormones pre-puberty. The whole idea was that they would make me more in line with my assigned gender, which it did physically, but it also caused me additional problems. Like I already have problems from my surgery. Like it's almost impossible to urinate. It's painful to do so. And to get that taken care of is next to impossible. I mean, I'm back in college because when I returned home to Ireland, I tried to get antidepressants and they wouldn't give them to me because I'm trans and intersex. So I'm still waiting to be seen. It's literally quicker to become a doctor than get seen by a doctor if you're trans and intersex in Ireland. But basically, because of those hormones, I developed pretty severe sleeping disorders. I started sleeping basically one day a week. So I was narcoleptic and an insomniac until I got access to black market hormones many years later, which cured my sleep, but nearly killed me with blood clots. Sorry so to I hear that you went through all that. That sounds really difficult. Well, I don't think I'm alone. I, I, you know, yeah. it, I mean, Ireland was going to be having uh, pregnant girls dragged off the night of the laundries for decades afterwards. And, you know, and hey, we're still wondering whether we should let those nuns run our maternity hospital. The same religious orders today determine our sex work and human trafficking laws. A lot of people have suffered in Ireland and basically anyone will suffer that they can get away with making suffer. And they're still doing that with trans people. On one hand, you know, they'll have Mihal 
Paul Martin holding up the rainbow postage stamps while trans people are committing suicide in direct provision and being buried in secret. Ireland's still performing these needless surgeries. The surgeries are performed for what doctors call social emergencies. They're still performing those at Crumlin and Hollis Street and just collecting no data and sweeping it all on the carpet, you know, and hoping nobody will notice because that's how we roll. What can you do? I can't undo that. I wouldn't have chosen to be transgender or intersex, but I find it helpful to look for the curses in your gifts and find the things that you're grateful for. I mean, I've always known some things about gender other people don't. I've had a perspective that's only really shared amongst less than 2% of the population. In a lot of ways, I'm blessed. I think it made me a more empathic parent. Maybe it makes me a better partner. I'm also rare as a partner because it's one of those things I'm always torn on. I mean, I'm very proud of being an intersex person that's also a parent and I want to share that, but it's a very sore point for a lot of intersex people who are deprived of the ability to ever have children because they were sterilized in their childhood for literally no medical reason. Like I said, I'm working on my PhD research, looks into the experiences of older intersex people. If you go looking and if you do, make sure you're in a good place because it's a rough read, but there is very little information on what happens to intersex people afterwards. I spoke to somebody not that long ago who basically when they were assigned male at birth, they performed surgeries. And then later on in their childhood, they put in the medical files, oops, we've made a mistake and then performed a hysterectomy on the fully functioning set of female reproductive organs that they didn't find out about until many years later. You know, it's just these random men in white coats determining the direction of people's lives like God. For no medical reason. When we speak up and go, this has been horribly traumatic for us, they will just respond, you're not representative and we're doing fine. Um, I'm just uh, wondering, actually, if the doctors didn't decide whether they were male or female, could that person just carry on like living as an intersex person? There is basically one variation, congenital adrenal hyperplasia, where there can be a life-threatening condition associated with it, which is extreme salt wasting. So in that instance, sometimes medical care, not always, but um, in extreme cases, medical care is needed. But with CAH people, they will perform a lot of additional cosmetic surgeries. With CAH, basically you're missing an enzyme. So because they're missing this enzyme, they may appear more masculine. They might develop an Adam's apple and enlarged clitoris, but doctors will remove that clitoris based on the advice of a guy who said, that it doesn't serve any purpose. Dr. John Money in the 50s provided doctors a solution to the problem of intersex bodies. He basically told them that in all people, gender is fluid until the age of two. So when you're presented with an intersex child, you quickly decide a gender and then cement that with surgery. So for the longest time, intersex babies were assigned female because that surgery was considered easier. Medical professionals would bandy around the saying, it's easier to dig a hole than build a pole. So some people need medical care, mostly CAH people. But yeah, most of us, if they just left us alone, we'd be fine. There's a person called Hida Valoria has a book about how she discovered she was intersex and uh, how her father wouldn't allow surgery to be done on her. And uh, she seems pretty happy. She doesn't seem to be suffering as a result. Just on that note, how did you actually discover that you were intersex? In a way, I'm lucky. Uh, A lot of people don't find out for a very long time. Like right now, I'm in a lot of Facebook groups and there's a lot of people discovering their intersex by getting their DNA tested, you know, 23andMe or whatever, and they head it back and they're like, wait a minute, what? I thought Mm -hmm. I was this. See, doctors project their lives, I believe, on the parents. And in the case of my parents, my mom and I had pretty parallel lives in a lot of ways. She came from a very abusive rural background in Crockwell County, Galway. 
a lot of sexual abuse. And, uh, you know, I don't think it was the easiest time for her growing up. So she finally escaped. She made it to the bright lights, big city of London. And she had friends and was loving life and met a guy, got married, had a baby. Well, she actually had a a number of babies, but they were stillborn or miscarried. And she was put on a medication called diethylstilbestrol, which is a super potent synthetic estrogen that was pumped into more than 10 million women between the 30s and the 70s, which has resulted in a lot of problems, but it's been sort of, again, swept under the carpet. They would advertise it as something that made babies stronger, no health defect. But we know now there are multi-generational cancers associated with it. In the 80s, we made a comeback and was prescribed to girls in Australia that they thought might grow too tall. And it, it basically just fucked them all up. It changes your DNA, carries on for generations. But they handed her an intersex baby. At the time, the protocol was to tell people to move away, start your life over, don't tell anyone, keep it a secret. So my mom, who escaped a traumatic upbringing in Ireland, is now moving back to Ireland. And they're pretty resentful. And they took it as a slight on them. So basically, I was referred to me as an abomination growing up. And then the house itself was a den of iniquity because I was under the truth. I was a curse on the family. She was very superstitious. So I knew because my father would bitterly comment about how I wasn't a real man, which fine, I know. And um, he would uh, talk about how I wasn't even born with a real penis, which I don't give a fuck. I've never really found a use for it. So I mean, I have, but not the intended use. And he would kind of bitterly sing uh, lines from Monty Python songs at me in reference, like the Lumberjack song and things like that. So I may not have had the terminology or the words, like the word transgender came out a long time after. Mm. But I knew what had been made, that I was having difficulty. Also, I knew because it took me a long time to use the bathroom. It still does. It takes me about two hours to take a piss and it hurts. So I would get in trouble for that too. And, you know, so basically they would make comments and I was able to piece some things together. But other people don't find out for years and years and years. And some people never find out, which is actually what the intention is. The whole idea is we never know. It's just erased from us and erased from everyone else. So I've had half a century of dealing with doctors and many of whom have never even heard of intersex people. And when you were growing up, so like obviously your parents weren't great to you when you were growing up in that way but like was there any sort of resources to help you or anything like it doesn't sound like there was much with you know the doctors doing all that as well I mean honestly there isn't a lot of resources now yeah I mean I'm a member of Intersex Ireland but we're pretty limited on what we can actually do we don't have a ton of money for trans people I mean we have Tenny and everything but I mean we have no medical care I was in the bible belt before I moved home and while I wasn't having guns pointed at me in Dublin after I moved home, I experienced a lot more daily abuse. And this is in 2017. So that was like back in the 70s and the 80s. So no, there was nothing. I moved to the US in 92. It was illegal to be gay until 93. But there really isn't a lot of resources now, honestly. It's bad. I mean, we should be able to refer people for care and make sure they're seen. But until recently, the head person of the National Gender Service believes that there's a surge in numbers of trans children because of the popularity of Caitlyn Jenner. Like, nobody likes Caitlyn Jenner kids don't like her trans people don't like her kids aren't going oh mom and dad I want to be just like them I want to go get beat up a lot you know it's nonsense the sad thing is there's a lot of talk about how things are better and you will hear from a lot of cisgender people about how great it is for trans people Mm. and when you respond to them and like no it's still really bad they will fight you on it but it's grim yeah it, it does sound very very difficult like um so Adeline is it correct for me to say that you 
later decided to transition to a female? Well, that's the whole thing. I know it's a terminology that we use. We call it transitioning. And when you say transition, people know what you mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But for me, it feels, and I'm not knocking anyone who uses it and likes the terminology, but I started life as an intersex person. I was born mm-hmm. with a phallus. The doctors turned it into a penis. Doctors made me a boy. They pumped me full of shit. Instead of having access to puberty blockers or anything like that, they basically put me on hormones and made me more masculine. So that was a transitioning. I mean, I transitioned when they took me as a baby that was somewhere in the middle and moved it over to male surgically. And then I was moved further that way by hormonal treatments pre-puberty. The thing is, at this point, really, I can never be a 150-pound, quote-unquote, passable trans person that looks like a cisgender girl. A lot of trans people can. Um, That will never be a thing for me. I'm just an intersex person. If anything, it's really only possible to move back to kind of where I started. I have always identified as a girl. I wish I could just go out in the world and blend, but I won't. I will always be subjected to stares, to employment discrimination, violence. There's a lot of countries in the world it isn't safe for me. I'm supposed to go to my kid's wedding uh, next year in Brazil, but it was already the murder capital of the world. And the murder rates for trans people have increased like up to 70 or 80% in the last couple of years. So I might get murdered when I go do that. And I've also lost the opportunity to ever really have a body that will be in line with my mind. It's just doctors took that. The medical establishment took that. So the word transitioning, it's a funny term. I basically haven't really changed. I'm the same person I always was. The difference is now, because I'm no longer worried about somebody taking my children away, which is something that I was threatened with as a single trans parent. We were constantly raided by child protective services in Florida. Cops kicked our door down. I was dragged to the courts because trans people shouldn't be allowed to raise children and all this. But my kids are 26 now, so you can't take my kids away. So I wear what I like, which doesn't boil down to a whole hill of beans. I just dress like a grandma. And I do the same things I've always done. I like to read ghost stories. I like to write. I like to draw. So I haven't changed. One of the reasons I left the US was fears of no longer having access to adequate medical care because I looked out and I found a place where they were understanding. And my nurse, her mother had been on the same drug when she's pregnant with her. And my doctor's sibling was what they call a DES baby, basically children born whose mothers were on a drug, diethyl, sylvestrol. But I had access to an endocrinologist, which I'm supposed to have access to. But you're denied that in Ireland. I've been waiting since 2017 to get seen. Actually leaving Texas, we know about Texas. They've got the abortion ban. They have like 70 anti-trans bills going through. I mean, it's a place that's electricity grid is on the blink of just being fucked. But their focus is on their war on trans people. That place, the, the healthcare for trans people is better than it is in Ireland with our rainbow fucking postage stamps. So the difference is because I have access to not even really the right amount hormone level, but enough that I can actually sleep. My sleeping disorders are reduced. So that's a big transition for me, really. I'm exactly the same, except that I'm not awake six days a week. So it's a funny word. I mean, transition, you're going to go from being a man to being a woman. Well, I was never a man. I was an intersex person that underwent surgeries and hormonal treatments that didn't agree with me. I wasn't consulted. I was lied to the way through. They had a disastrous effect on my psychological well-being and on 
my physical health. One of the things doctors will say is that they want kids to have a normal childhood. I stood out like a sore thumb in Tala. I was a tall, faggy child that just got beat up a lot. There wasn't an LGBT community in Tala that I was aware of in the 70s and 80s. There might be one now, I don't know. Also, I did really terribly in school in Tala. I was failed out of everything. And the difference is now, many years later, I've returned to school and seem to be doing really well in everything. I actually passed my progression monitoring today. So moved from PhD candidate to PhD researcher. That's great. Yeah, yeah. that's really good. I mean, I wanted to move to the US when I was about 10, but there was a couple of things that happened. When I was growing up, I was the only trans person in the world as far as I knew. And my family had a construction business and I was made work construction. And you get together in a little shack and have tea breaks and uh, the guys read the tabloid. I was a little kid, you know, they were like, this will make a man of their intersex child. This will make me manly. Basically, the guys will tease you, ask if you wanted to fuck the girl. Not particularly, I don't know, I just don't know her. If she was into small kids, I suppose, and we got along well. I don't know, it wasn't where my head was at, but my fellow construction workers thought that that was fun to do. But when I was 10, there was a trans lady in a James Bond movie, For Your Eyes Only, and the tabloids found out about her and were busy destroying her life. And that's how I found that I wasn't alone. So I found somebody just like me, and uh, she was actually really beautiful. But at the same time, I heard my fellow construction workers talk about what they would do if they got their hands on someone like that and the different ways they would murder them. So that just built on top of what I knew from my parents that I was not wanted in this world and that my life was in danger. And also then too, I saw a movie at the same year called Fort Apache the Bronx. And I found out this years later that New Yorkers were protesting the movie because they said it'll make New York look bad. I was watching it as a 10-year-old child going, oh my God, look, there's trans people in that movie and people don't hate them. I need to move there. So my goal was to just move to New York, have a small apartment filled with books to the ceiling and die of old age there one day and uh, get some owl ad to pay for my surgeries and then quote unquote transition. But it's not really how the cookie crumbles. I am in an apartment filled with books, so that part's been achieved. It's just not in New York. It's currently in West Yorkshire. Yeah, and like you're obviously more yourself now because you're not dealing with the sort of, what would you even say, the punishment of having to be the assigned gender and everything like that. So I suppose what we're just wondering is like, how did your family and friends react to you fully being yourself at last? Well, I was finding my feet in New York and then basically my kids came about and uh, I had to stuff myself back in the closet. It was difficult because I was also dealing with a lot of psychological stuff that had just really been put on hold. And I basically shoved all of myself into the closet. So I wasn't in great mental health. We had tattoo shops. The police would raid the tattoo shop, guns drawn, wanting to take the kids away. Um, the courts were working with literal conversion therapists to take the kids away. I mean, my kids are grown and we're very close and they're fine, but it was a shitty time. So in 2013, my kids were 18 and I was like, well, you know, here it goes. So I came out again. I was a part of the martial arts community for a long time, which sort of started with me getting the shit beat out of me in Tala a lot growing up. But I'd already tested and passed my first degree black belt, my second degree black belt, and I was due to test for my third degree black belt. But basically they were so upset with me coming out as trans that they kicked my whole family out. One of the head guys in the organization said, there'll be no faggots or atheists in the Kenya Kai. So we were kicked out. 
my parents, who I've had a very on and off relationship with. Honestly, by that point, we didn't have much of a relationship left anyway. If I brought up anything about what I was going through, what I was dealing with, not even trans-related, it's just they weren't interested. They'd never been interested. My parents reached out, told me never to contact them ever again, which wasn't really a big loss. I had aunts and uncles reach out to their kids and tell me never to make contact with them. A lot of the tattooing community cut ties. Basically, the entire martial arts uh, community cut ties, almost all of them. My tattoo shop at the time was in rural Texas, you know, where they filmed the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And people were coming in with guns. Churches were protesting our shop. People were forming prayer circles around me while I worked. I lost a lot of customers that didn't want to get tattooed by a trans person. While it wasn't easy and it may have been painful, it's kind of nice to not have to deal with all of those people now. And they've all been replaced by just much better people. And honestly, I would rather be despised for who I am than liked for someone who I am. And I've always been open about who I was and to the best of my ability without jeopardizing the well-being of the kids. But people see what they want to see. Yeah, so when it comes to that, like you know, from the word transition to people's reaction, um, what do you think are some of the biggest misconceptions about transgender people and their journey? Honestly, whatever they're told. People kind of go with the flow generally. People are busy, people are tired, people are miserable. One of the few things that people feel they can hang on to is they know they are a man. They know that's a woman. They know that they're attracted to women. They can have sex with a woman. And this is the simple truth that they can hang on to. But as anyone who's come out as trans will tell you, as soon as you do, your inbox fills up with quote unquote guys who want to have sex with you. You learn very quickly that you can no longer just accept people's friend requests. Guys are in uh, trans girls, but we're also in the crosshairs of the religious right. If you go on YouTube and look up somebody called Meg Kilgannon, she's with the Family Research Council, which is a religious right-wing hate group. And they're pretty open. They've talked about how the goal is to target the entire LGBT in response to marriage equality. The intention is to attack trans people as what they see as the weakest link. And they want to build allies within LGBT, but the goal is to destroy the whole thing. She openly talks about how talking about God and religion doesn't really help anymore. So use science. And you can see JK Rowling used the same structure in her missive. And also the Vatican in 2019, when the Vatican says, everybody's created perfect. So trans people don't give them any medical care because they're perfect. Dave Chappelle has a popular special on right now where he's ranting and raving, but he's very misinformed and people don't really care because honestly, people are tired. I mean, surgeries performed on intersex people and the shit that trans people go through and also sex work laws, things like that. They're not about sex workers. They're not about trans people. They're not about intersex people. It's about everybody else. It's about the boxes necessary for construction. It's a divide and conquer system. It's a system that crushes everyone. So you see all those, the TERFs rallying to attack trans rights. They're like, defend the binary. The binary is only ever being used to crush women and to control men. I don't know whether it's helpful focusing on their misconceptions. It's more helpful to just focus on the realities because also trans people are born into them too. I'm sure there's a lot of gay men out there who are already as a kid calling people fag and whatever. And then at some point they go, oh shit, I'm a, I'm one of those. And 
you've already understood it as an insult. You know, I already knew that what I was was an insult before it really gelled in my head as a child. They're like, ah, crap, it's me. So we all have them. We're all in the society, but it's not just misconceptions about trans people. It's misconceptions about all of us. I mean, those are the things that doctors are surgically concreting. I've got a book here beside me. It's worth a read. It's called Hermaphrodites and the Medical Intervention of Sex by Alice Trieger. And it's basically just how doctors down through the years are kicking the ball back and forth. Basically, at one point, if you were attracted to a girl and you were a girl, well, then clearly you're hermaphrodite because one of the physical ways we know that you're a woman is that you're attracted to men. So they would look for the signs and probably find it. You might be institutionalized, might be operated on. And the misconceptions all come from the patriarchy, from capitalism, from doctors, from white supremacy. There's a conception, a Victorian idea that the more evolved we are as a species, the further men and women drift apart. They would use at the point of black people and go, look, they're less evolved while surgically maintaining a binary on white people. When you criticize FGM without also criticizing IGM, it's just racism. You're pointing at black people going, look, they're not civilized. Look what they're doing. But it's different when we do the same thing. So the misconceptions are literally, I mean, they'll have a bunch of new ones next week. I mean, what is it? Rapid onset gender dysphoria that basically getting the shit kicked out of you in school is so fun that all the kids have decided that they're trans now too because they hate the thought of having employment prospects and housing. I mean, they're literally pulling things out of their arse. And anyone who spent any time arguing with a turf online, they move those goalposts around. Their goalposts are on wheels. They're very concerned about imaginary surgeries that are never performed on trans children. There's no trans children. Nobody is looking for surgeries to be performed on trans kids. All that trans people ask for is the ability to delay their puberty because it's irreversible. And then when they come off of that, they will just go through a normal puberty. They change their mind, but it buys them some time because after puberty, and that's what they want. The same people who are complaining about imaginary surgeries being performed on children, they're the same ones that will make fun of people for not looking passable. So that's what they want. They want you not to be passable. They want to be able to criticize you and say you don't look passable. Meanwhile, when it comes to intersex people who are undergoing those surgeries, they don't have a lot to say. They'll just block you on Facebook or Twitter or whatever because they don't want to have that conversation. Everything they're complaining about is actually happening to intersex children and they support it because they support the binary. Yeah, and um, I was going to actually ask you as well if you had experienced much discrimination and everything for the way you are and all that. It's just where you live, you know? I mean, it's been... 50 years of knowing people want you dead. It is what it is. I'm still around and I have no reason to think it's going to be different. I hope it gets better, but in some ways it seems to have gotten worse. In some ways it's gotten better. But yeah, I've been turned down for jobs. It's nearly costing my children. I'm legally female. I mean, I would choose legally intersex, but I don't have that option. I've never considered myself a male. I've always been a pretty disappointing male. <laughs> you can ask my parents if you can find them. Um, male interests have never interested me. I don't frankly get it, even though I grew up with it. I've always been a bit of a puzzle. So in Ireland, I applied for a job that looked like the kind of thing I would like to do, mm -hmm. the job helping people. I was getting my new passport, so I didn't have it to give to them, but I knew there was going to be a problem when they saw it. And uh, I went through training. They were, when can we get your passport? We're excited for you to start. Everyone else I trained with was hired and were working. And as soon as I got my passport, it was like, the brakes came on and they were, it became a we'll call you, don't call us situation. And I never, I mean, months and months and months went by. You won't get hired in Ireland as a trans person. I mean, you might, might be one or two people, but generally speaking, it's not going to happen. 
Meanwhile, I spoke at an Intersex conference last year, and guess what? That company was one of the sponsors. Oh my uh, gosh. And, but also at the same conference, the HSE were at a panel on data collection. The HSE also collect no data on intersex people. Does these surgeries on intersex babies for quote-unquote social emergencies denies trans people healthcare, but is going to show up on a thing on data collection while collecting zero data? There's no help for intersex people in adulthood. So what do you think the perception of gender issues is like nowadays? Uh, do you think that there has been any type of improvement at all? Or I think it's the same as intersex rights. I mean, the intersex rights movement grew out of people who had been operated on as babies for no reason, being able to find each other. It's the same with trans issues. I don't think younger people are as keen on the binary because they're like, we're going to be experiencing more sexual harassment, uh, more discrimination, lower pay. And there's a lot of people also going, you know what? These words don't fit. I mean, I'm growing. I'm a 50-year-old trans and intersex person, and I'm still hearing terminology that is new to me, and I'm trying to keep up and grow with it. But you've got people coming with new terminology because the words that they have don't fit. There's progress there because kids aren't having it. That's the whole thing. If we all stand up, they can't do shit because the people who oppress us are always in a minority and kids are standing up. And honestly, while I experienced a lot of transphobia in Ireland, it was from older people. It was from people 35 up. I experienced some violence on the streets. My taxi driver turned around in front of my wife and my friend and said, I don't even believe in abortions, but I think you should be an aborted. You know, I worked outreach before I came over here. I wore through a pair of shoes before the guy would let me take my shoes, even though I paid for them. He had to let me know that the problem in Ireland today was people like me and people not being able to say what they wanted to. And I'm like, aren't, aren't you doing that now? Old people walk up to me and tell me the problem with Ireland today is people like me. So why don't I fuck off back to where I came from? I'm like, I came from here though, you know? But I think kids are just done with the bullshit, moving on and leaving their parents and their grandparents in the dirt, you know? So there's progress there. Yeah, no, definitely. So that's kind of everything that we wanted to ask you and talk to you about today but thanks so much for coming on we really appreciated it and hearing everything like we've learned so much just from talking yeah. to you you know no thank you so much thank you for having me on no really at all. bye bye and thank you to our listeners we hope you guys tune in next time bye